I'm Sandra Olwine, pastor at First United Methodist Church in Pasadena, California. And on behalf of our congregation and staff, I want to welcome you to this time of worship. We know that in the season of Pentecost and the days after, we give thanks for the gift of God's Holy Spirit that comes that we might be enlivened with hope and that we might be given purpose and passion for our daily lives. So anticipation that the Spirit will work within us and among us in this time, let us turn our hearts to praise, prayer, and proclamation. When we gather, whether in person or virtually, we are a family because of the gift of God's Spirit. On this Pentecost morning, then, we begin worship in gratitude to God and for one another. So let us join in the call to worship. The Spirit is here, among us, within us, around us, between us. The Spirit is here to strengthen us, bringing us courage, bringing us conviction. This, the Spirit is here to move us, making us sing and praise. The Spirit is here. May we feel the Spirit as we gather. Led by the Spirit's fiery strength and emboldened by the Spirit's powerful wind. As we gather for worship, may the Spirit fill us. 
So as we go back into our daily lives, we are able to bear God's love to all. Prayer is the soul's sincere desire to be in communication with God. In the promise that God cares about our hopes and desires, our longings and hurts, please join us in the prayer of the day. God the Holy Spirit, you are the restless breath of love that sweeps through the world. You move where you will, breaking down barriers, stirring hearts to change, making all things possible.
inspire each one of us to hunger and thirst for justice. Come, Spirit of God, sweep through our world, bringing great change. May the bounty of your goodness be shared more justly, so that all may share in the rich blessings of your creation. And for us, being transformation in our praying and living. So that we may act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. All the days of our lives. Amen. Good morning, young Christians. Today is the day of Pentecost. It's the day we celebrate as the church's birthday because this is the day when the disciples, Jesus' disciples, received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowered them to speak the good news about Jesus and begin living in the way that Jesus called them. The day of Pentecost is all about the Holy Spirit. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? In the Bible, one of the things used to describe the Holy Spirit is wind. Can you make some wind? The Holy Spirit is like wind because even though you can't see the wind, you can see what the wind blows. Think of a kite. You can't see the wind lifting it, but you can see the kite getting higher and higher and higher. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus' disciples had been waiting, just like he asked them to do. They were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And then, all of a sudden, something amazing happened. There was a great wind that went through the room. Everybody make your wind. And then flames of fire rested over their heads. And all of a sudden, the disciples could speak in different languages. And they could understand someone who was speaking a different language than they spoke. Isn't that amazing? Some people were a little confused about what was going on, but they knew that the Holy Spirit was with them. The Holy Spirit had finally come, just as Jesus said the Spirit would. Today is also special because some of our youth are being confirmed. What is confirmation? Confirmation is when a young person claims their faith as their very own. Many of you were baptized when you were just little bitty babies. And so your parents made a promise to God that they would raise you in the Christian faith. And the church made a promise too that they would be the church to you. When you were baptized, a pastor laid hands on you and prayed that the Holy Spirit would be with you and empower you to live in the way of Jesus. Our youth go through confirmation classes where they get to learn all about the Christian faith and also learn about some other faiths too. They take time to think about what it means to be a Christian and if that's really something they want to claim for themselves. 
And today we get to watch as four of our youth are confirmed, claiming their faith as their very own. Listen closely to all the words that are said. See what you can understand and ask questions about anything that you don't. It's always okay to ask questions. And if you haven't been baptized and you'd like to be, be sure to talk to someone about that too. You don't have to wait until you're confirmed to claim your faith as your very own. But right now you're learning and growing. You're surrounded by a church family who loves you and cares for you. Your parents are raising you in the Christian faith and the Holy Spirit is with you. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to be with us and to empower us to follow Jesus and share your love with the world. Amen. The first scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter of the people of Rome. The eighth chapter, verses 22 to 27, listen for the word of God as conveyed through this text. We know that the whole creation story has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit um, intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saint according to the will of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
The gospel reading on this Pentecost Sunday comes from John chapter 15, verses 26 through 27, and chapter 16, verses 4b through 15. Listen for the word of God. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, this the spirit of the truth, who comes from the Father, you will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. But I have said these things to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told that I told you about them. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the, the, the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment uh, about sin because they do not believe in me about righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you will see me no longer about judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pentecost, the day on which we celebrate the birth of the church as the disciples receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and celebrate the decision by young people among us to say yes to that gift in their own lives as they confirm the faith declared for them and by them in baptism. As I thought about what brief parting word to share with you on this day, I was drawn not to Luke's proclamation about Pentecost and the Acts of the Apostles, but to John and Paul's witness to the Spirit that was read by the Confirmands today. Paul's words, likewise the Spirit, kept resonating for me. For in both texts, we hear something about how the Spirit of God is with us as God the Creator and God the Redeemer is with us. There is this pulse that beats through our holy story that again and again and again, God underscores that God's choice, God's very nature, is to be present to us, with us, around us, in us, and for us. And as we learn about God's abiding love and Jesus' abiding friendship, we also learn about the Spirit's abiding presence. This abiding, which in the language of the New Testament means pitching a tent among us, gives witness to a God who will not let us go, no matter where we journey or what we bear 
who will not push us away for our doubts or angers, our questions and rejections, but rather will steadfastly and persistently dog us, seeking to woo us into relationship with all that is holy, right, and good. That seems to me gospel, good news. For God's relentless pursuit of us fills me with hope and why I do not throw in the towel even when weighed down with the groanings of the world, the groanings of my own heart. The Spirit is God's persistent, patient, prophetic power that stirs us from placidness and pain to live as children, as heirs of God, so that we might be agents of God's transforming love, bringing redemption to our own lives, and even then the whole of creation. Now, that is what the word used by John for the spirit, paraclete, means. It literally translates one that comes alongside. The spirit is God's presence that comes alongside us so that we find the strength and grit and focus to live as those made in the image of God. So as Caitlin Fester, one of our confirmands sang so beautifully in the anthem this morning, come, Holy Spirit, come. And that is my prayer for you as you look towards life arising from the midst of the multiple pandemics that have gripped our lives these last 15 months. The pandemic of COVID, the pandemic of racism, the pandemic of violence, the pandemic of power. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill this congregation with the heart and vision and purpose to dare to be witnesses to your love in all that they do and in all that they are. Now this prayer isn't one for you to primarily find comfort, although of course I want you to know the abiding love personally and communally, holding your hurts and your griefs in tender compassion. But I'll be honest, my prayer is more that you will be filled with that spirit so that you, like those first disciples, take that troubling good news that God is on the loose in the world and change is coming. Take that news to the streets of Pasadena and beyond. Oh, like I spoke last week, the spirit doesn't take away problems or make all things right. Rather, the Spirit helps us name the inward hopes, desires, and longings that attend anyone who's waiting for God's redemption. Yes, the pain of creation can seem so great and the coming of God's redemption so far away that the Spirit intervenes, interrupts, and intercedes by giving voice to our deepest needs. You know, without the Spirit, we are still poor creatures who are powerless before the principalities and powers. But when the Spirit of God enters our hearts and lives, we come alive. When the Spirit enters our lives, we move beyond despondency and passivity, and we find ourselves filled with courage and hope. You see, the Spirit empowers us so that we do not resign ourselves to what is, but live in hope for God's future which means working to make that future come into being alongside the Spirit. The Spirit gives us fresh legs and lifts us up. 
as the Holy Spirit is given to us anew every day so that we can live into that work. Now I know it's nearly impossible to state all the problems to be met by people of faith. And perhaps the best we can do at any one moment is groan and sigh. And the good news though, if that is the place we find ourselves, that Paul assures us that we are on the right track. We hope for what we have been promised in faith, but do not yet see. We pray, but often inarticulately, given the weight of our concerns. But when they overwhelm us, the Spirit is there to carry our burdens for us, interceding with God on our behalf. But, but that Spirit also calls us to stand up and to speak out, to open our hands and to share our lives so that we are not merely bystanders wringing our hands. You know, as the late John Lewis put it, we need to be about making good trouble. You see, the hope that the Spirit confirms in our hearts also reminds us of the nevertheless of God. Now, that was an idea articulated by Peter Story when he was serving as bishop of the Methodist Church in South Africa during the long struggle against apartheid. Even while surrounded by the strong armed agents of repression, Story knew that the Holy Spirit was active in South Africa. The government had all the power. Nevertheless, God was with the poor in South Africa. The South African regime did not hesitate to use force to stop rebellion. Nevertheless, Story along with Desmond Tutu and others led the black South Africans in a peaceful revolution. The odds were heavily against the peaceful revolution. Nevertheless, with God on their side, they were victorious. And in the end, there was strong temptation to retaliate. Nevertheless, God gave them a means of forgiving enemies and forming a reconciled nation. Now that work in South Africa is not done. For in every place, the world is constantly pulling us back towards how the world wants to be. Power over others, establishing who gets what and keeping some from having anything at all. And so that's why faithful people must keep praying, come, Holy Spirit, come, for we too easily tire and lose our vigilance. And we've seen that in our own nation as we have sought to face our history of oppression, racism, and discrimination. But when we call on the Spirit, no matter what the odds, if God is in something, no obstacle can block the great nevertheless of God. And that is the hope that these passages convey. We may live in difficult times. Nevertheless, God is God guiding creation through the pains to a future fulfillment of promise. As one commentator wrote about this passage from Romans, we do not see the hope that we hold to. Nevertheless, it is this hope that saves us and for which we are given patience to endure. The Spirit is not always as visibly active in the church as we might desire. Nevertheless, the Spirit is unceasingly attentive to our pleading, even to the point of bringing our prayers home to God when we are unable to articulate them for ourselves. We may not know what God has in store for us, 
Nevertheless, the Spirit knows the mind of God and leads us toward the will of the one who made us for God's own purposes. In our reading from John today, Jesus is telling the disciples about the Spirit, the paraclete, the one who will likewise come alongside them as he has been after he has left them. And later, when the risen Jesus comes to them behind their locked doors, he breathes on them, filling them with that spirit. And what does that spirit do? Well, it thrusts them out from behind those closed doors, out from their fear and confusion, to bear witness to Christ and the love of God that was revealed to them through Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit sets their human agency into motion so that they can testify despite the world's resistance, opposition, and hatred. My friends, we live in the light of that good promise, but we do not live in the fulfillment of that promise. We are on the way like pilgrims, waiting with perseverance and with the certainty that we hope for will happen. We know that the cross of Jesus stands amidst the lonely, forsaken world, and this cross is a sign of hope. For Easter proclaims that at the end of our possibilities, God creates a new beginning. Therefore, we can proclaim that we are not deserted by God. In fact, God comes to us and stands by us and resides with us. God strengthens us by the Holy Spirit and gives us energy to resist the world's principalities and powers. But remember, if we heed the word and work on the coming alongside Holy Spirit, we will inevitably be pushed beyond what we imagine and end up stirring things up. You see, the Holy Spirit isn't so much an answer to our problems as it is the creator of a new one that you and I have a story to tell mercy to share, love to spread, and we just can't rest until we've done so. You know, the Old Testament reading assigned for today comes from Ezekiel. It is that wonderful passage and when the prophet looks out over a valley of dry bones and God invites Ezekiel to proclaim life to those bones. And there is a loud rattling that begins to arise as that place of death becomes a place of life where we see dryness, hopelessness, death. Nevertheless, God sees life and breathes the spirit into those valleys. Whatever challenges you will face in these months and years ahead, I want you to trust that God who blows life even into dead, desiccated bones can blow life into the problems before you. And likewise, the Spirit will come alongside you, reminding, that, reminding you that all the new life you have ever known and ever will know, it has and always will be at God's hand. The very breath of God will be the source of whatever good lies before you now. All that we have been through and through all that is yet to come, God was not and God is not done yet. And God's astounding work is always to bring hope where despair seemed to have the last word and to life again where dry bones were even long abandoned. Friends, nowhere in the New Testament does Jesus command us to take care of old buildings 
or devote ourselves to crumbling institutions. Not as goals in and of themselves, but only as they help us do what he commanded, go and make disciples. And when you care for the least, you are caring for me and love one another as I have loved you. Let that be your primary focus as you begin your new walk with Pastor Amy. And know that that kind of work is inherently disruptive, difficult, and at times even dangerous. But also know that Jesus sends the paraclete, the one who comes alongside us to encourage, equip, strengthen, provoke, and yes, at times, to comfort us so that we can get out there and do it all again. We have been joined by our baptism into communities of faith that look for and expect the Holy Spirit come alongside us and shake things up, preparing and equipping each and all of us to share the disruptive, surprising, and life-giving word of grace of the God who will not rest until all people know abundant life. I will continue to pray that that spirit is set free among you and that you likewise with the spirit will bear witness in all things to the power of God to work miracles and bring restoration and new life. Amen. Family in Christ. Through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. I present for confirmation, Joseph Chapman, Betsy Cole, Caitlin Fester, and Mia Wertheimer. This morning, the four of you reaffirm vows that were either made for you by your family or that you made yourself at baptism. This reaffirmation is something that puts you in line with the entire Christian family all over the world. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. I do. I do. And do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, I do. I, I do. do. And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, say, I do. I do. And according to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives 
in the world. If so, say, I will. I will. And do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? And will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these youth now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround Joe, Betsy, Caitlin, and Mia with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. I would invite the families of our confirmands to come and to stand behind them. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare Christ's works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless these gifts of water and those that receive it. Wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Now, families, I invite you, either one of you or all of you, to dip your finger in the water and to make the sign of the cross on your youth's forehead and say, remember your baptism and be thankful. the Holy Spirit work within you that being born of water and the Spirit you may live as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Betsy the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit you may live as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit work within you that being having been born through water and the Spirit you may live as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mia, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born of water and the Spirit, you may be found to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. The reaffirmation of our baptism and the reaffirmation of our vows, again, is what
puts us in line in the continuity of the Christian faith in the arc of the Christian story from the beginning until today. But we always know that our faith grows best when we plant it somewhere in particularity. And so you are choosing this day to say for this time, you will practice your faith and grow in your faith and be nurtured in your faith through our congregation. So we ask you these vows of membership here. So as members of Christ Universal Church, will you be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, say, I will. I will. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say, I will. I, I will. will. Members of the household of God, I commend these young people to your love and to your care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Amen. And let there be sounds of acclamation. And Thank you. Thank you. Let us pray. Inspiring God, we call on your spirit now in prayers for your church and for the world and for all who are in need. We call on your spirit of unity, that you will bind your church together as one for the transformation of this world. As we rejoice in the confirmation of these young people today, we pray that the church itself that receives them will live up to the commitments that it has made enliven and use the gifts of all of us, every Christian person in every place, breathe new life into our work, and encourage our leaders, especially our Bishop Grant and our Superintendent Jim. With all of our district churches today, we lift up our friends at Atascadero United Methodist Church and at St. James Church here in Pasadena. We call on your spirit of life, present for us in the very air that we breathe, and calling forth new life in all of creation. Grow in us the desire to use our abilities to be better stewards of earth and its bounty. Bring healing to polluted lands and to the people whose well-being is compromised by our abuse of creation. We call on your spirit of righteousness present whenever people gather their energies to do your good work. Give each of us a heart for justice and empathy, 
so that we will stand firm against broken systems and corruption. Protect the many populations around the world today whose lives are affected by violence and oppression, especially the people of Israel-Palestine. Shelter with your wings of peace all those who have no home, migrant people in search of stability, as well as those who live on our city sidewalks. Convert suspicious hearts that hoard your blessings into generous hands open to share with all of your children. We call on your spirit of healing. O oh God, bless nurses, doctors, first responders, and every kind of caretaker as they go about caring for those in need, especially those affected by the coronavirus. We lift before you now all the persons and situations that are found in today's prayer list, as well as those no needs that are known only to you. O oh God, comfort all who mourn, especially Michael and Trish Martin and their family, as they grieve the loss of Michael's father, Eugene Roy Martin. As we remember all of those who have gone on before us, lead us by their example and with your spirit of hope. Inspiring God, breathe your spirit of encouragement and grace into your exhausted and separated church this day. It is in the hope of reunion and renewal that we make these prayers and unite through the words that your Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining in this time of online worship from First United Methodist Church in Pasadena, California. Please share these services with friends and family members when you visit our YouTube page. When you like and subscribe there, you help others to find us. Congratulations to Megan Goldstein and Joseph Butler who welcomed Marlo Butler Goldstein into the world on May 6th. Congratulations to them and to all of the family. Next weekend is the last work camp weekend at Camp Sky Meadows. Work has been progressing last weekend in this, but there are still tasks to be done. If you would like to spend some time in the mountains over the holiday weekend, get in touch with Deb Shepard Webster and let her know. Full details can be found in today's bulletin. Did someone say bulletin? Please take a moment now to download it using the link in the video description. There are many more announcements there than I have time to share here. July 11th is the target date for resuming in-person worship at the church. The details of exactly how that is going to be done will come later, but please plan to be present as we come back together and as we welcome our new pastor, the Reverend Dr. Amy Aitken. But before we can welcome Amy, we must say goodbye to Pastor Sandy as she assumes her new appointment as Superintendent of the South District. June 6th, two weeks from today, is the day that we will do that with a special event in the church parking lot, a socially distanced receiving line in the cloister, and some refreshments. If you've not already done so, please add to the cash love gift that is being received for Sandy. You can contribute to it using the link in the video description.
We're also making a slideshow of memories from Sandy's time with us that will be included in worship that morning. Please send Dave Lore one or two of your favorite photos of Sandy. His email for this purpose is on the screen now. Remember, it's all happening on June 6th. Connect at fumcpasadena.org is the email address you can use to communicate directly with the clergy. And remember to continue using our online giving website. You can now just type in the church's website followed by slash donate and you'll be directed to the site. There's also a link, of course, in the video description or use the U.S. Postal Service. The church's mailing address appears on the screen now. Be well this week. Get your shots if you haven't already. And remember to wear your mask, at least until June 15th. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you peace.
Amen.